Joshua Cribbs turns disaster into a score! Ugly, misformed little creature who has no purpose here, no meaning. I am a human being. Wash it down with one beer, two beers, three beers, a shot of whiskey, a margarita, and a bloody Mary. And I said, Stone Cold, why have one when you can have them both? Swung out and drilled, deep right center, away back, gone for Tony. Irving and Curry, one-on-one, Irving puts it up. And now, Any Given Podcast with your hosts, Brendan Ward and Ethan Simpson. Hello and welcome back to another fantastic episode of Any Given Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Ethan Simpson. And I'm Brendan Ward. How's it going today, Ethan? Can't complain. It is nice, beautiful, and gray in northeastern Ohio, just how we like it. Right. It, it, I, I, I totally agree with you on that. Walked out today. I could. I mean, I'm a bigger dude, so I don't get cold as quickly. So with this 55 that we got to 50, 55 we got today, it was great to walk out in some shorts and just go get done what I had to get done until, you know, the storm rolled in and the gray came and and now I'm just kind of hiding inside away from it. But it, it's a good day. We're recording. Uh, we didn't get to do this last week. Some, some schedule conflicts and some things happened my way. So, so, But I'm glad we're back. We got a lot to talk about when it comes to catching up for last week, though. I think most of our podcast this week is going to be kind of just stuff we were supposed to talk about last week. Because, I mean, aside from a few little things, we are in a very weird period of of sports where we just started the baseball season after the lockout NBA is coming down to the end of the regular season and NFL is just waiting for the draft at this point. But speaking of the end of seasons, the NCAA tournaments are finally over after a wonderful March of what can only be described as madness. And that's why they do so in the men's basketball tournament. On Monday, number one Kansas in their region ends up topping number eight from their region, UNC North Carolina, 72-69 to in in a game where everyone thought North Carolina kind of after they beat Duke, they they were champions. And they kind of, Kansas ran away with it early and kind of just kept the lead the entire time. Uh, So a big win for Kansas, their first championship in a while. But we talked about it the last time, kind of a, it kind of it's kind of boring when the blue bloods win, right? Yeah, it's just it's the same old, same old. Nobody, it, there's no, it's not exciting. There's no Cinderella story. There's no, there's no underdogs in there. It's it's the it's the Seahawks playing. Let me rephrase this: It's the old Seahawks playing the old Patriots. Yeah. Yeah, or it's Alabama playing Clemson, pretty much, or yeah. the last of the last few years. Just, just the top of the top making it. It, it kind of uh, takes away from the stories and the interest. And I, I haven't seen numbers on the event, but I can't imagine it was it was too high. And I'd imagine even that Final Four matchup between North Carolina and Duke was probably even higher than the championship game, just because of the rivalry. But over in the women's side. Uh, kind of a big deal because of the names that were in the game. In the women's, it tends to be if you have the best player in the country, your team's probably going to be in the be in the championship game. It's the reason UConn continues to just dominate women's college basketball because they continue to get the top recruits after top recruits. Uh, one being Paige, I, I'm going to butcher her last name because I don't know how to say it. It's either Beckers or Bukers. But her name's Paige Bukers, and she is definitely 100% the best player in all of college basketball. Uh, already has Nike deals and all of that, and it shows. She takes her UConn team to the NBA to the NCAA Women's Championship National Championship game. Unfortunately, 
she ends up falling short to South Carolina, who was the number one team in the country. Uh, and it, they lost by a big margin. It, and it was 64 to 49. And that game was the Sunday before. Uh, so it was April 3rd. Uh, so Paige, Paige Buchers just continues to prove why when she goes into the WNBA, she'll probably be the number one draft pick. And, and that's really kind of all we have for NCAA basketball. Uh, we'll probably talk about it again next March. <laughs> if, if we're being yeah. honest, uh, it's just hard. It's, it's, it's when we talk about so much, it's hard to keep, keep, give you detailed MB, NCAA tournament of basketball coverage. Uh, another, another thing we talk about scarcely, but it's definitely something that was trending this past week. The Masters. Uh, more specifically, first we'll get into Tiger Woods making his return to golf after just over a year. Uh, for those of you that know, Tiger Woods uh, got in that accident last February that nearly took his leg. Uh, a high-speed accident. I don't really know what caused the accident, but he, he, he was off on the side of the highway. Car flipped over on top of him, had multiple leg surgeries, a broken leg, similar to kind of Alex Smith. Uh Tiger Woods comes back for the Masters, kind of, which is kind of who he is now. Tiger Woods isn't going to play any run-of-the-mill tournament on a random Thursday through Sunday. He's showing up for major championships, and then he's going home and chilling, which he already said he's not playing the next one. He might play in July. So next time you will see Tiger is July. Tiger, impressively, though, makes the cut on Friday at plus one which isn't a great score. It was like six off the lead at the time. But for him to make the cut after a year away, when guys like Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka and and, and other a couple of these other guys that have been consistently at the top didn't make the cut, I thought was pretty impressive of Tiger. Unfortunately, the weekend, the two Saturday and Sunday, was not good for him. Two back-to-back very bad rounds with 78, 78 on the scorecard. And he ends up at plus 13 for the entire weekend, which which is just not very good. Uh, Saturday, it was his highest recorded round he has ever played in 93 rounds at the Masters. Yeah, kind of tough to, tough to play with that injury, too. You're coming back from that injury just to even be there uh, a little over a year later. Well, well yeah, and you could kind of tell that's like I watched a little bit of it. I'm not going to say I sat here for four straight days and watched 12 hours of Masters coverage today because I didn't. I, I love golf. I love the game of golf. I just can't sit here and watch it forever. But Tiger Woods certainly brings something to the game of golf that has people tuning in. And you could see throughout the weekend that Thursday he was good. He was on. I think he was even below par to finish Thursday. But as the weekend progressed and the more he had to walk and he's walking 18 holes every day and the miles and miles he's added on that leg, his play continued to decline. And and a lot of people's did, but Tigers, like you said, already dealing with the back issues since, since before now the leg, I, I really wonder if he can get back to even being competitive again, but it's good to see him out there. But the winner of the masters is Scotty Scheffler. Uh, young, young guy doesn't really look young. He makes me feel old because he looks about 45 in the face, but he graduated in 2014. So high school, he graduated high school in 2014, but he looks probably as old. He could be our father at the, at this point. Like he looks that old, but he's only, I think he's younger than you actually still. Like you're 25. Yeah. Yeah, You're 25. So I I think he's 24 about to turn 25, which you think about it. He's one of masters now. Uh, No, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he is 25 or or who knows. I don't know his exact age. I just saw that he graduated from Highland park high school in 2014, which is also where Matthew Stafford and Clayton Kershaw graduated from prior to him. And I thought it was funny that all three of them have won a championship within the last year. So I thought that was a little little tidbit to bring up. Highland Park definitely breeds 2022 champions, apparently. 
Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, it's pretty wild. But, I mean, honestly, that's kind of what has been trending. We don't really need to get into Undertaker retiring. He kind of had his flowers. They did a whole bunch of stuff. I wanted to talk about it last week, but it's really not kind of what's on the mind of everybody right now, so I don't want to get too much into it. I want to get into baseball because for so long, for the past two episodes, we came on here and, and, and we pretty much bashed the Cleveland baseball team. And we have our reasons. We're mad for certain things and things like that. But one of the reasons was because we don't see them trying to spend to stay competitive. And they did that finally. Finally, we in our 25, 26 years of life have been able to see the Cleveland baseball team spend money on a superstar player. Agreeing to a five-year contract extension for with Jose Ramirez. Jose obviously deserves it. He's been in the MVP conversation each of the last three seasons. Uh, well, pretty much since the 2016 run, he's kind of been at the top as as one of the guys that are in the MVP conversation. His extension is five years, $124 million. If you do the math, that's roughly $24, $25 million a year. It I'm not going to go into the exact breakdown of it because it's just simple math. That deal doesn't begin, however, until 2024. He is still under contract this year at $12 million, $12 million and then they already picked up his club option for next year at $14 million. So Jose is signed through 2028. Are you... So I didn't put it on our list, but but kind of to add on that to kind of just get into the conversation about it. Does this change things for how people should feel about this Cleveland baseball team? Well, it depends. It depends on if it depends on if you were one of the people that say, "Hey, you know what? The name change wasn't that big of a deal." Uh, I'm here for the baseball team. I'm here to represent my city. If you're one of those people, then, you know, yeah, awesome. We got we got our franchise player back. But if you're one of the guys that are pissed off about the name change, you think that they sold out and everything like that, then no, it doesn't really change the fact that they re-signed their star player. It should have been an, a no-brainer. Um, I'm I'm happy for Jose for getting paid and locked down like that. Uh, I personally think that the Cleveland Baseball Club did that just because they wanted to keep the remaining fans that they have interested, and keeping that star player will keep people buying jerseys, buying new jerseys buying merchandise and coming to one game a year so they can take pictures with their friends for their Instagram. I think that's about as far as that goes. Uh, I would tend to agree with you and, and, and to back that up and to back your kind of point up. We talked two weeks ago about how the team was struggling to sell tickets, including what is going to be their home opener this Friday uh, at Progressive Field. Do you think it's a direct correlation, Jose Ramirez signs, today they announced that they finally sold out the home opener. It, it really happened like that. So, so I do agree with you that I believe that this might not have even been like, hey, we need to do this thing. It, it was more of, hey, we better save our asses type of thing. Because if you do get rid of that guy, then you pissed off the rest of the people that aren't already with you. You pissed off the people that chose to still stay with you just despite throwing away the history of the team. And, and hate us all you want. They did. They threw away the history of the team. I don't, I, I still struggle with it. I have watched uh, like three innings of their season. Um, but that's just because yesterday, for some reason, their offense showed up and they, they put up 12, like seven runs in the first inning. And one of them was an Oscar Mercado Grand Slam. And I've been waiting for years for Oscar Mercado to be a consistent part of that team. And it sucks now that I'm mad at the team. He is. Um, so I, I turned it on when that happened. And then I turned it off because I was like, I, I just don't want them to have my rating. Um, because it, cause it, it is ridiculous that we lost the, the name. And I, I don't want to keep talking about the name 
because then we become we 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 end up becoming the show that all they talk about when it comes to Cleveland baseball is the name. And I mean, at this point, I'm ready to just not even talk about Cleveland baseball. But when they do something like this, we should talk about it because they spent money, and and it's something we haven't seen before. But but you're absolutely right. They didn't do it for the betterment of the team. They did it because now that a guy is here for the next six years, they'll be able to sell Jose Ramirez jerseys and bobbleheads and, and and custom bats with his name on it and everything. And they believe that because they got him at a discount, Jose Ramirez, if you look at other contracts around the league, should be making more than his $124 million. So they got him at a super discount. So I feel like they believe that they are going to be able to sell enough money to just cover it, and it really that wasn't that wasn't that big of a deal. And I don't expect this team to start spending, um, because they didn't do it for the betterment of the team. They did it for basically the betterment of their public relations image. Yeah, and let's just hope for the fat for the Cleveland organization's sake and the fans that stuck around sake, and Jose Ramirez's sake, that he continues to produce as he has these past uh, how many years that he's been playing on fire. Because this Cleveland team, there seems to be some sort of curse, not only on the Cleveland baseball club, but also with the Cleveland Browns and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Once they start dishing out that money on players, those players get plagued with injuries. Those players get into a slump. Those players don't produce as they should. Or they just don't care about the team. They're already getting paid. So yeah. you know what? Why should I play at my, at my top potential? I'm already getting paid. I'm already locked in. No matter what, the money's in my pocket, baby. So let's just hope that... Jose Ramirez doesn't take a turn to go down that road because remember the last time the Cleveland Indians were uh, were given out big contracts? That's when we had Mister Brohio. Oh, oh, well, I was gonna, I was, um, you brought it up before I, I was gonna, but but Nick Swisher is exactly the the example that you bring that you should bring up when it comes to that. A guy who, b- before he played for the for the Indians, and I'm going to say Indians because that's what they were at that time, uh, was was what most people would call a fairly decent baseball player. He signs uh-huh. with the Indians for big money, and then all of a sudden it's like he was in the movie Space Jam and lost all his powers. Uh, Dwayne Bowe is another one I think of. A guy who was very productive in Kansas City, and then... All he did in Cleveland was ride an exercise bike. Right, dude, dude, he hit the lick on yeah. the Haslums. Him and uh, him and Kenny Britt are probably yep. two of the, the the the. I mean, if Kirk Cousins didn't exist, I feel like they they definitely are two of the most famous people for just hitting licks on teams because they got so much money. Here's the thing about Kirk Cousins, though, he can still win games. I, Look, I mean, did he, at least he plays, right? Did he deserve that big of a contract? You know what? Good for him for getting paid, but I don't think he deserved that big of a contract. Would I have liked? I've said this. I'm on record saying this. Would I have liked to see Kirk Cousins on the Cleveland Browns in 2015, 2016, and 2017? Absolutely. Because guess what? He was producing. He was winning games. He was taking teams to the playoffs. Right. He was but the former Redskins quarterback they should have signed. Yeah, but guess what? Did he get paid? Yeah, and you know what? Good for him. Yeah, no, I definitely don't knock him, man. You know, they keep giving him the money, man. Somebody offers me $35 million a year. I'm not even thinking twice. I'm signing the dotted line. If you're going to keep carting me out as your starting quarterback, whatever. I just think it's funny that when you look at his career earnings compared to some other people who have had more success than him, it's crazy that he outpaces them. But when you think about it, Washington for two or three years just put the tag on him, and that makes him the highest paid player at his position. And, and then once he left there, Minnesota gave him that money. 
The only thing that surprised me is they gave him that money again this year after complaining for four years how absolutely mediocre he was. They were still like, all right, well, we'll give you $35 million, even though Russell Wilson doesn't make that much. Let's just give it to this guy because we have it. And by all means, I don't feel bad for the Minnesota Vikings if that's what they want to do and just sit in their squalor in second place in the NFC North until Aaron Rodgers retires. then then that's what they're going to do. How did we get on Kirk Cousins? We're talking about baseball. Let's get back to Jose Ramirez. Yeah, the contract things. But, but yeah, I agree with you. Jose Ramirez, let's hope, let's pray that he continues to be the guy he has been, and it's not just about getting paid and then collecting money because we've – Cleveland fans, not even we, Cleveland fans have seen that happen too many times. It, it, we they, they get the shiny new purchase, and then all of a sudden it's over. In fact, I feel like the only person they've ever paid big money to that's still the guy he, that he was before he got paid is probably number 95 that plays for the Browns right now. He's the only person that's still the same freaking savage he was before he got his money. Yeah, and I can see Jose Ramirez being the same exact type of way. He's Jose Ramirez seems like a guy that's out there grinding because he loves the game of baseball, just like Miles Garrett loves the game of football. Because you know what? They yeah, he, they could they could go elsewhere. They could demand a trade. They could be playing for uh, – he could have gone down to Tampa Bay. He could have went to uh, the Rams out in Los Angeles, but he did not. He stayed in Cleveland. He resigned it. He loves the city. He loves the grit. He loves the fans. That's what I feel like Jose Ramirez is with the city of Cleveland and his work ethic towards getting there. Because if you remember, in the beginning of Jose Ramirez's career in Cleveland, he was – Having he was struggling, he wasn't hitting, yeah. and then and then around 2015, 2016, all at once it was like boom, he caught on fire, and he hasn't yeah. slowed down since. Yeah, and, and and I think that's why they why they why it was like they were like all right, well we can we can finally reward him because I feel like like you said when he finally caught on in 15 and 16. All of us as fans were waiting for that drop-off because we've seen it so many times before, and it continues to happen. He was a big reason they put up what they put up 17 yesterday uh, over the Royals. He was a big reason that they won that game. He I've seen he he had a couple manufactured runs, a couple hits, but I mean, but everybody hit. Uh, so so yeah. And I, I'm glad you said it because I, I didn't want people to think we were bashing Jose. I don't believe Jose is going to be that guy either. I believe he's here. Uh, I believe Cleveland is home to him, not a paycheck to him. And it's good to see. And honestly, if if I think Jose Ramirez at some point is going to be hollowed as much as almost, I won't say Jim Brown because Jim Brown won titles, but in that same sort of sense where he's, he goes down as just a beloved figure in Cleveland sports history. And it starts with this five-year, $124 million extension. And hopefully he's he's a he's part of Cleveland baseball successfully for for his entire career because Mr. Laparta is is a guy I can I can watch. Uh but moving on from Jose, his his teammate, outfielder Miles Straw also gets his money a lot less but he gets his uh the team signed him to a five-year 25 million dollar extension now it is a lot less but he is still a lot younger and behind in his behind jose in his development they just picked him up last year in the trade with the padres uh, a guy apparently they've been looking at for quite a while a guy that's playing really well in fact i heard a stat today that he he he's like the first person ever in his first first three career starts to reach the base over twelve times. 
Was that Miles Straw or was that uh Was it the other guy? Was it uh Yeah, Sean uh Stars with a gay. Yeah, Sean uh I I literally was tweeting about this earlier and now Okay, like, yeah, then it was the name. other guy and I just had it mixed. I don't know. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a, I've been up since six in the morning. It's been a long day. So yeah, I probably mixed it up. So, yeah, it's the other guy. Now that you mention it, I just can't. Stephen Kwan. Kwan, yeah. I was going to say, I knew it, it sounded crazy and it, it spelled weird, but I definitely knew it started with a K. But Miles Straw's been, been good himself, including what he brought to the team last year, especially a team that last year couldn't even score two runs in a game. I actually tweeted that the other day. I tweeted, oh, crap, the Guardians scored more than a run in a game because <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. The first, first two games, they could only get one run and lost both games. Last two games, they go for 17, and then today they go for 10 and, and then end up splitting the series with the Royals. But that's what I believe they are right now is a 500 baseball team. That's what they're going to be. They're going to split series all year. They're going to lose series to the good teams, beat the bad teams, and that's where they're going to be. Yeah, this this team is not going to be a playoff team. At least, I mean, look look at the AL Central now. When you have the powerhouse that is the Chicago White Sox, and then you have the Twins who have been building that team for the past three seasons, three or four seasons, you're looking at it's going to be at the bottom with. And the Tigers. The Tigers well, have gonna, been building from yeah. that trash team they've had. So it's going to be, they're going to be playing uh, tag with the Royals for who's going to sit in the basement of the AL Central. And that's how it's going to be for probably the next three to four seasons, unless they keep drafting these players and actually hold on to them and aren't just the farm system for the Dodgers or for the Yankees or the Mets as well, they seem to be. Well, 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 I believe the issue is, is that since Jose and Lindor name a prospect that's worked. Shane Bieber. That's not a pitcher. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see here. Uh, let's see how Bobby Bradley does. I was well. That's where I was going with it. So, so now that you brought his name up, I'll, I'll say what I was going to say. Bobby Bradley has been the most touted guy that hasn't been a pitcher, like like Plesac and like Bieber. Those prospects have worked. I, I know Indians pitch, Guardians Indians pitching has been superb. The problem is, is they need outfielders, they need bats. Bobby Bradley was supposed to be this guy that brought power to the lineup was supposed to be an everyday first baseman that gave you the slugging you needed, and he just hasn't. And he hasn't looked good to start this season. And, and he, th this is the season it's time to make a decision on. Yeah, Bobby Bradley, um, as you said, Bobby Bradley was supposed to be the next big thing, just like Yandy Diaz was supposed to be. And you see where he is. He's down in St. Petersburg with my boys, uh, my boys, my boys in powder blue, the Rays. So, the, the, and that's what the that's what this Cleveland team did with Yandy Diaz. He wasn't performing the way they wanted to, so they sent him down there. Now he's an everyday starter for the Rays. So, Bobby Bradley, this is probably he has up until the trade deadline to see if he is what. We all thought he could be, so the potential he can live up to. And if not, then they should trade him for more prospects, I guess. That seems to be what they love doing. Yeah, I mean, to even looking further than Bradley, Naquin, gone. Zimmer, gone. Diaz, gone. Oscar Mercado's still on the team, but he hasn't been what he's supposed to have been. Bobby Bradley. Mejia. Mejia. He's gone, right? They traded him. He's down. He's down in Tampa Bay. Is he? Yeah. He's so a see, did they did they end up sending him in the uh, Snell trade? Is that how they got him? Because I thought they sent him to San Diego first. Uh, yeah, he was in some kind of one yeah. of those trades. Yeah, I thought I thought Cleveland sent him to San Diego, 
And then I think probably when San Diego got snow from Tampa after the after the World Series, I think they that's probably uh-huh. when they sent Mejia to Tampa. It is I don't know if that's right. I don't know if that's exact, but I'm assuming that's how it went. But yeah, there there's so many moves like that in baseball that it's not like the NFL where you yeah. can track trades. These trades are like you know a player to be named later. Some minor leaguers, all right, right, exactly. Like player to be named later. Like they don't even know who they're getting yet. They'll, yeah, they'll find out in three weeks who, who who they actually got. It's like it's like scratching off a lottery ticket. Which prospect did I get this time? Right. That's the crazy thing about baseball is, is there's so many different players, especially with the minor leagues, that in the NFL. You know, they're trading, you know, we'll give you these two guys and, uh, you know, a second round and fifth round pick for your top wide receiver. In the MLB, it's like, you know, you'll get this this minor leaguer, this minor leaguer, this dude who's who can't stay uh, consistently in the league. He's always dropping down to triple A. Yeah. And then we're going to give you you know, two players in cash, two players to be naming some cash. Here you go. And it's like, what the hell's going on here? And there's no, like in the NFL and the NBA, there's the balancing system. In in, in the MLB, it don't matter if it's balanced. If you, if you say, yeah, you say, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, so uh, it's so crazy. Um, But both of those guys now with Cleveland through the 2028 season, so, so two guys that I feel like they really want to build around, hopefully, and let let let's pray if we're gonna if we're gonna stay with the team that Shane Bieber is next, um, because I've seen those guys play until they win Cy Youngs, and then when it's time to give them their money, they're off to another team, uh, a la well Corey Kluber kind of fell off a cliff after he left. And he landed. He landed down in Tampa Bay. With my that, boy. That's where he's at now. Texas, oh, yeah. New York, Tampa. Geez, everybody just goes to Tampa. Last week, uh, when I was at Tropicana Field yeah. <laughs> at the game, I was walking through and I was going to the bathroom. And I was like, "Oh," because they have this big picture of Kluber. I'm like, "Oh, that's right." Like I totally forgot Kluber is like, in Tampa Bay. You're like, "Oh, that's where he is now." Holy crap! Yeah. Well, and uh, you got if if Clevenger should come back from his surgery this this year at some point and be be good. Trevor Bauer uh, was playing out of his ass before everything happened with him, and then it, I believe he just got cleared recently, uh, so he he might be back soon. Uh, but you know he's got a public image problem that he's got to deal with, but still a guy that they just didn't want to pay. Who 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 played really well, um, no matter what you believe uh, in who he is as a human, and if he was cleared, I'll send to say let him play baseball again. Uh, I always liked, I, mean, I know he's quirky and stuff, but I always thought he was a funny guy uh, to, to to at least follow on Twitter. Yeah, it was funny until he was playing around with those drones that everybody told him to quit playing with, and he cut his finger, and he was right, bleeding yeah. all over the mound. Yeah. Have a little AL- self awareness, right? And the ALCS, yeah. In the middle of in the middle of a run, to where your team might possibly have the best chance it's had in seventy some years to win a World Series. Let's just go cut my finger on a drone, and, right? And, and then. Trying to super glue it back together and everything, <laughs> right? Or, or when he was hiding his hand, like nobody could see the pints, <laughs> pints of blood on his like, white jersey, like right, dripping onto the mound. Yeah, yeah we're, was, we're watching it fall from his finger, and he's like, "I'm gonna try to hide it." Right, he's trying to like rub it against his the back of his pants, and every time he'd like pull up, it'd just be gushing. Yeah, yeah, it was what a what a fun eventful year that was. But but let's let's go on to another team in Cleveland, the Cavaliers, uh, and and get into some basketball. The Cleveland Cavaliers had what I would call a relatively successful season. 
And the only reason I use the word relatively because it didn't end the way it started. And the way it started, we thought they could be finals contenders. Not NBA finals contenders, but at least conference finals contenders uh, in the way they were playing. They finished the season winning their regular season finale over, over the Milwaukee Bucks and finishing with a record of 44-38. and 38. That sets them up as the current 8 seed, but with the new play-in tournament, the 7 through 10 seeds all have to play play-in games. As the 8 seed, they play the 7 seed, which just so happens to be Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and the rest of the Brooklyn Nets. That game is Tuesday, April 12th at 8 p.m. The winner of that game will be the 7th seed in the East. The loser of that game will go on Friday to play whoever wins the 9-10 seed game between Atlanta and Charlotte. Uh, So the Cavs have two chances to get themselves into a playoff series, and I really think that they should take their best stab at it. Jared Allen is not going to be playing Tuesday night, but could possibly play Friday. I think that the Cavs can beat the Hawks or the Hornets without him. It's going to be a very tall task to ask them to to beat Brooklyn on Tuesday. Uh, a Brooklyn team that's been really hot lately, fully healthy, and Kyrie Irving is allowed to play wherever he wants now. Yeah, that's a tough one. The Cavs have obviously, um, they have obviously had their struggles against the Nets this this season. I mean, how could you not? That is a stacked team, regardless of if Harden was on that team or not. And if Kyrie was playing or not, it was still pretty, it's still a stacked team. I mean, come on now. But uh, I was trying to find uh, this tweet that Daryl Ryder had put out that somebody else, somebody else put the statistic, but he had put it out. They um, had 20 different injuries, players injured this season. Some crazy amount of number, crazy number. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, if you look at the bottom half of their bench right now, it's ha- half the guys, half of the bottom five or six weren't playing at the beginning of the year. We're we're Canton guys. We're we're G League guys or whatever it's called now. They've got like the D League, the G League, the F League, and whatever now. So whatever, wherever they were, they weren't on the Cleveland Cavaliers to start the season. You've you've got guys like. Stevens, that's his name, right? Yeah, Lamar Stevens is starting at your wing. You've got the big dude that's playing, and he's been playing well, but you've got that other big guy, I believe his last name is Stevens too, uh, playing at the five instead of Jared Allen. You just got guys that weren't on this team at the beginning of the year trying to just make it through the year. It really was unfortunate that this team that was tearing apart teams for the first 30 or so games before the All-Star break just ended up falling apart because the Cavs were like one of the first teams to get 20 wins, and they also played one of the toughest schedules of anybody in the NBA and were destroying teams. Then they get to the point in their schedule where it's supposed to be the easier part of their schedule and the, one of the easiest schedules in the NBA, and then all their guys go out. You lose Rubio. You lose Sexton earlier in the season. You lose Rubio. Mobley ends up being out for a while. Jared Allen's been out for a couple months at this point. But then you got guys like Kevin Love stepping up on Sunday, plays 15 minutes, has 32 points on 8 of 11 shooting. And I really am happy to see that he stuck around and kind of researched his career as a guy that's going to come off the bench for this Cleveland Cavaliers team. And probably be here for a long time at this point now. I would probably guess that because of this year, Kevin Love is now what we will call a career Cavalier. Obviously, he didn't start his career here, but I believe he's going to finish his career here just because of what he did this year with this team. And I can only imagine he's going to continue to grow in that role player role that he is in now rather than that star player he used to be in alongside LeBron when he was here, who is also dealing with some crap himself. His team, the Lakers, missed the playoffs, officially officially eliminated uh, a couple, couple days ago prior to the end of the regular season. 
They have already fired their head coach, Frank Vogel. There's already talk that Russell Westbrook will not be back with the team, could potentially send him to Indiana or Oklahoma City. Also said New Orleans was uh, interested as well. And I think it. I think LeBron is like, yeah, get him out of here. And unfortunately, because me and you both agree that Russell Westbrook is probably one of the best players to ever play basketball, just because of the pure things that he was able to do when he was in Oklahoma City and just to see what has happened to him. He just, he's so headstrong. He doesn't fit in well with people now. And I wouldn't even blame it on him. At least he played. Anthony Davis played like three games this year. So, so, so that's besides the point. I just wanted to mention it that LeBron isn't even going to the playoffs and the Cavs have their first winning season without him since like the nineties. So, so yeah, since, uh, they said since 1997. Yeah. So what's that Doherty price years? Right. I believe so. Yeah. So, so not yet. 97's the top when, when Jordan was running wild in, in, in the NBA. Well, the end of Jordan's run in the NBA at least. So yeah. Uh, well, like we said, injuries have kind of riddled the Cavalier season. If they don't make it out of this play in tournament, is this season a disappointment or because before the season, they weren't even considered playoff contenders. Is this season still a success? Yes. Uh, yes, it is a success. Just because how this team, like you said, before the season, I was like, oh, this is a young team. They're growing. We're still in the rebuild. And this is actually showing that the rebuild is working. They're, they are on the right track. Hell, Dan Gilbert's even telling LeBron, like we talked about before, we don't want you, dude. Yeah. Dan Gilbert was willing to do anything. And I mean anything. <laughs> I get him back 14. So, yeah, for this Cavs team, this is definitely I wouldn't all right. I wouldn't say it's a total success, but we're they're definitely right on the path they want to be to get this team to a to a let's a championship caliber team. Like I said, within the next 3 years. Without LeBron, they're on the right path. So in that case, yes, they are. This was a successful season. Okay. So I'll describe it as a Cavs fan instead of like a sports reporter, broadcaster. I will say that they successfully gave everyone blue balls. Because halfway through the season, like I said, we were – we as fans were expecting at least one playoff series, possibly a series win, two playoff series, if they if the if the dominoes fall correctly, possibly a conference finals. But to not even make it into a series, like you said, disappointing. But if you take a step back and look at it, Kobe Altman went from a guy that was possibly potentially gonna be on the hot seat and fire this year to a guy that might win GM of the year. Uh, Evan Mobley, I believe, should be rookie of the year, and he probably would have ran away with it hadn't he, if he hadn't missed some games over the last few weeks and given Jalen Green and Cade Cunningham time to catch up to him. So, so yeah, I, 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 I successfully gave everyone blue balls because it, it was successful in the fact that they're where they're at, but it gave them blue balls because it left them wanting more. And that's just my best way to word it. But as we're getting down to the end of it, we only got about 10 minutes left. What do you got to say? I was just going to say, you said that's coming from a fan perspective. Yeah. Or is that coming from your fan perspective? You don't You don't think they left you wanting more? Obviously, and that makes me hungry for next season and for a healthy team. Because you know well, what? Do not get greedy Cleveland fans hell. Look at the past. Look at our track record. Well, 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 in, that's why I my, have blue balls, man. Hey, in my 25, uh, almost 26 years that I've been a Cleveland fan, how much have we had to celebrate? Honestly, how much have we had to celebrate? We had the 16 Cavaliers. 
we almost made it with the 16 Indians, and then look what happened. They fell apart. They got... They yeah, they couldn't get past the ALDS. And look, this is what a rebuild is. This isn't over. Yeah. This isn't an overnight thing. This isn't somehow like the New England Patriots hate to bring up them up again. But this isn't just them miraculously building these teams each year, yeah. getting rid of players and then building these brand new teams around Brady and Gronk and Edelman. And and those guys that they've had throughout the years. This is Cleveland. Calm down. Our motto is there's always next year. Be excited for what we have next year. It's going to be even better. You cannot control injuries as no. we know. I agree with you, man. You just went on that rant. And when I say blue balls, that's exactly what I mean. I, I know. Mean, that's why. I'm, yeah. I mean. I, I wasn't. Yeah. All right. So we're on the same page. I just, I just wanted to make sure because yeah, exactly. I I wasn't directing that towards you. I was directing that to the fans that yeah. are going to be bitching online, talking about changing everything, and they want this done differently and blah blah blah. And bring back LeBron so we can do this. And it, it don't stay on this path that you're on. You're on the right path. That's yeah. how it oh, works. One hundred percent. This team. I am excited for the exact same team to come back next year with maybe a free agent signing and a draft pick or two. You know what I'm saying? That's what I want for next year. I am excited where they were. I thought they could do a little more. Injuries happen. This is where we at where we're at. I definitely didn't think they were going to win an NBA championship this year. So 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 yeah, let's look to next year. Let's build, let's get better. Next year, Darius Garland's going to come back. He's going to be even better. He's going to be a superstar, and, and we're going to move forward with the Cavaliers. In the NFL, we didn't get to talk about it last week, the NFL approves a new playoff overtime rule. With the new rule, both teams will have an opportunity offensively to score. If the score is matched by both teams offensively, then it will turn into what we know Previously, the sudden death overtime where the next score wins. Obviously, the reason they do this is there is what we saw this year with Josh Allen leading his Bills team back against the uh, Patrick Mahomes led Chiefs uh, before the champion in, in their game in one of the best playoff games I've ever witnessed. Josh Allen doesn't end up getting a chance in overtime. Or if you go back even further, when the Patriots end up beating the the Chiefs in their first year of their run with Patrick Mahomes, and he never gets a chance to see the field. We've seen it just so many times over and over again. Finally, the NFL is like, in the playoffs, we want as much football as we can get. And with your season on the line, everybody deserves an opportunity. I think it can only go up from here. I'm kind of glad they only did it for the playoffs. I don't need games going on forever in the regular season. They're already five hours long, 18 weeks in a row. But in the playoffs, when everything's on the line, when it's Super Bowl time, it's championship time, by all means, you don't want to screw that young star quarterback out of his opportunity to maybe match and go send himself to a conference championship or Super Bowl like Josh Allen had to go through this year, just watching the Chiefs score. Yeah, I, I, I like I like that they're doing this uh, with the playoffs. I'm, I don't know if I would like it in the regular season just because it takes that. It kind of takes away from the excitement of overtime, that sudden death. Yeah. But at the, at the same time, Give me as much football as you can. Put an IV, mainline that right into my veins. I could watch football all day, every day, 24-7, 365, 52 weeks a year. Give it to me all. You, you, you know it's bad. You know the football, football addiction is bad. When I feel like a crackhead because I'm sitting here and I know that there's five days away from the kickoff of the USFL. 
Oh, I'm excited too. I'm excited to see these teams come out. I'm tr- I'm excited to see what my guy Paxton Lynch has in store. Let's see what Shea Patterson can do for the Panther or whatever the uh, Michigan Panthers. Yeah, the Michigan yeah. Panthers. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see if one of those teams needs a wide receiver because my guy Isaiah McCoy is still out there and still looking to play professional football. Yeah, if, if they don't have a spot for him, I know Dwayne Johnson does over there in the XFL next year. Absolutely, and, and I'm excited to see that. I'm excited. For, give me all, like you said, all the football you can get. If they, if I can watch football every weekend for the entire year, I'm for it. Give me a win. Give me the NFL in the fall and winter. Give me give me something that starts the week after the Super Bowl, and then if you, if that only takes you to May, give me something another league from May to June. Even if it's uh-huh. the NFL developing their own minor league system. Give it all to me because I'll sit there and I'll watch it and I'll know who all the prospects are. I'll know who's coming up. I'll know it all. Buddy, I watch Canadian football. I love arena football. As you know, friend of the podcast, Colin Taylor from the Cleveland Gladiators, also played uh, up there in New York, won a championship up there in New York. Like I said, one of our good friends of the podcast. I watch the arena football. I watched Canadian football. I watched AAF football. Give me all of the football you can because let's go. Absolutely. You know who's done with football, though? Who's that? Bruce Arians. Well, well, not done with football, but done with coaching football. Last week, he announces his retirement from coaching, plans to step in a front office role uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, he says that he 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 waited until after the new league year started to ensure the succession that led to Todd Bowles becoming the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. With with the promotion of Todd Bowles, he is granted a new five year contract to reflect that promotion. But Arians is a guy who who's retired now a couple times at this point, but it it really is like I I think he's done now. And it seems like he's ready to step away from coaching football and kind of take his what is probably a rightful role in a in a in a front office because he, he he continues to have success in the NFL. And I know he had Brady with him this last time, but that that time when he was in Arizona, he had Carson Palmer and, and, and they were consistently pretty good. Yeah, Bruce Ar- yeah, Bruce yeah. Arians is a fantastic coach. Uh, I loved when they were on Hard Knocks in Arizona watching that. And uh, wait, was that Hard Knocks or was that All or Nothing? Uh, I believe it was All or Nothing. Gotcha. Yeah, because I don't remember in Arizona Hard Knocks. Okay, so yeah, it was All or Nothing. Yeah. But yeah, Bruce Arians, I think it was good to, good to step back because uh, – did you see his face every single time, every game when they cut to him? Yeah. Well, part of that is his skin is not built for hot weather. Yeah. Well, yeah. Don't get me wrong, but that's also blood pressure going through oh, the yeah. roof. Yeah, and he he's already had some health issues. Good on him to be able to step away when it was time. Uh, another thing he he cited in his in his kind of press conference when announcing it is is kind of to de- debunk the thought that everyone kept saying that now that Brady was back, Arians had to go. If Brady wouldn't have came back, Arians would have stayed. Arians said it had nothing to do with Brady. It was just my time to go. I wish I have no problems with Brady. I wish him nothing but the success. So it is not the fact that Tom Brady unretired and came back to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that led to Arians retirement. Uh, And then last thing I've got, and it's, it's a very, very tragic news. Uh, former Ohio State quarterback and a guy that was on the Pittsburgh Steelers as a quarterback, Dwayne Haskins, tragically Monday morning, passed away after being struck by a vehicle on a Florida highway. Uh, I learned of it through a very, very ill-worded Adam Schefter tweet, but uh, it was per his agent, uh, and it's just very tragic news. Dwayne Haskins is a guy as an Ohio State fan that I watched become a legend in Ohio State and completely change the 
the image of what a quarterback at Ohio State should be in terms of the passing game. And at 24, a family guy, and a guy that just gone way too soon. And it was just, it's just very sad. And uh, hopefully uh, his family can find some peace and hopefully he's at peace um, after unfortunately losing his life early Monday morning. Yeah, very tragic thing. Like you said, 24, very young, had his whole life, whether he was a football player or not, in front of him. And he had, he was looking, um, he had the possibility to win that starting role this season, too. And it wasn't, it wasn't like he was down in Florida partying or, went back home you know some players go back home and they hang out with their friends yeah from high school that they their childhood friends and their childhood friends end up doing some very questionable things and they get caught up in it uh they just happen to be there wrong place wrong time um it wasn't one of those it was just a tragic thing that happened and uh thoughts and prayers to his family and friends and Everybody that he knew, it's a very sad, very sad thing. Like you said, he was really only in Florida because he was working out with his teammates, trying to get better for the season. And there, you can do nothing but respect that and be sad for for a guy who, like you said, is just too young to lose his life. And it's unfortunate. And it's it's not really – nobody's really at fault um, for it. Um, the, I, the guy was going down the highway. It's not like he – intentionally took the life of Dwayne Haskins. Um, just something that's very sad. And I sound like I'm about to cry, but I promise I'm not. I'm okay. Um, but that's kind of all uh, that I have in terms of what we wanted to talk about in terms of the news. I know you have something for me that you want to share. I would really like to learn something that happened on this day in sports history. So I'm going to pass it over to you. All right. It's that time again, folks. This day in sports history, we have April 11th, 1992. Okay, 1992. The MLB baseball team, the Major League Baseball team, the Cleveland Indians set a franchise record For the longest game played, which they lost. (laughs) Go figure. But yes, the longest game played in franchise history. It was 19 innings, and the game spanned six and a half hours. I bet you that still stands, too. Yeah, and it was they lost to the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, that's terrible. I bet you that still stands, too, because the only other long game I can remember is a couple years ago where they went, like, I think 16 innings, and then Trevor Bauer, who was supposed to be the starting pitcher the next day, ended up finishing off the game. Oh, absolutely. I was was at a game that was very long, but the game never officially started, and that was the anniversary of 10-cent beer night June. Uh, June 4th, 2014, we were there, and one Jonathan Manziel was supposed to throw out the first pitch. Everybody's excited. We're all hanging out. Just a rain delay. Didn't get home till probably uh, like 2.30 in the morning. We just hung out, waited around for the game to start. You know, 8.10 first pitch. And they kept saying, like, okay. 30 minutes, 30 minutes, 30 yeah. minutes. And then finally they were just like, you know what? Yeah. This, this game's yeah. not going to – They started the game. Actually, I'm sorry. They started the game. Johnny Manziel never came out because he was either too blasted or just went home. Well, I think it's funny that it, it – well, not funny. It's very ironic that Johnny Manziel was supposed to throw out the first pitch on the anniversary of 10-cent beer night. Yeah, absolutely. It kind of foreshadowed his whole career. Right? That's that's it, it just the way it ended up. That's just so funny that he, that that's the night they had him there. 
you know, ten cent beer night, a big storm never showed up. Uh, <laughs> that sounds like his NFL career more than throwing out the first pitch. <laughs> that's that's hilarious. And another thing, uh, hey Johnny. Keep the city of Cleveland, the Browns organization's name out of your mouth, bud. It, it, get over it. It's been long enough. Go be, go be a party promoter. That's what right. he's doing now. You, you could have been an NFL legend, but now you're a party promoter. Nobody cares about you anymore. Go play for this fan-controlled football league again. Go play on Twitch with Terrell Owens. And, and, and yeah, like you said, leave Cleveland out of your mouth. Uh, that's kind of all I have, uh, for, for this week on any given podcast. You got anything else for me, my man? That's about it. Where can they follow you? You can follow me on Twitter at ETH Simpson C G O D. You can follow me on Instagram at ETH Simpson. You can follow. That's about it that I have. Uh, you can follow my main man, Brendan, at... At BWardCA Lee on Twitter. Instagram is at B.Ward52. Do not forget to follow the podcast at PodcastGiven on Twitter. At AnyGivenPodcast on Instagram. Facebook.com slash AnyGivenPodcast. Do not forget to subscribe to the YouTube. It's in click of the button. It's really not that hard. It's down at the bottom of the screen somewhere when you when you're watching okay. the video. It's over to there. The left. Wait, no, 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 no. It's over here. To the, the wrong yeah, place. where wherever it is. I also keep putting them up here at the top in our videos. It's called adding a card, so I know like how many people see it too, and I keep putting it about five to ten minutes into the video, so it reminds you. And it's all in all caps. Don't forget to subscribe. So yes, subscribe. But thank you guys for tuning in to Any Given Podcast this week. You guys have a wonderful and fantastic rest of your week. God bless, stay blessed, and stay safe out there, folks.